Let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we thank you for knowing that you are the God we adore. We come to hear your word, speak to us through your word. We come to receive your communion, even as you have taught us to do it in remembrance of you. We come today to share in the church covenant, the minimum that we hope, promise, a covenant to do as believers in your church. May these words encourage us to be hearers and doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Deacon James has already said it, that there's a difference between listening and hearing. So I hope you are listening or you are hearing. Which one are you, did he say we should do? All right. I produce an outline here that I took from a certain book. And I produce the outline because I have known over the years that it is good for people to come to church, learn something, and also go and teach others. For I have many people who tell me what they hear, they write it, and they go and teach others. And I think it's a very good thing they do. Because the more you hear, listen, and teach others, the better you know and the better they also become. So, and that is one of the disadvantages, I may say, of being a teacher. You have more to say than you need to say, and when you are saying it, if you don't take time, people go to sleep on you, and you enjoy the sound of your voice, and you don't even know what you are talking about. So, for padding us sometimes. Now, Paul had written to this church in Philippi. Just the context, I've shared it with Epaphroditus already. Paul had ministered to the church in Philippi 10 years before writing this. That was a church that he was trying to establish when God's voice told him, come over to Macedonia and help us. He went there, and lo and behold, what was waiting for him was trouble. Trouble all the way, from a demon-possessed girl that he cast the demon out of, landed in prison. He and Silas, the new recruits, they had all kinds of troubles. But through it all, God delivered him. Because in prison, as they were singing joyfully to the Lord, God broke the chains. And the warder, as we called him, decided, no, this is too much. I and my household must be saved. And that was a remarkable thing. He told Paul, do yourself no harm. So this church continued to thrive. So many leaders had come and gone. But Paul was in prison. And news travels, particularly bad news. So even in the days when they didn't have cell phones and all those things, at least they got to know that Paul was in prison in Rome under house arrest. Even today in Ghana, if you go and lock up somebody in prison or they are counterback, you know you are responsible for feeding them. You know that. In those days too, it was like that. Even more so. And then when you think you are being guarded, you are responsible for feeding the guard as well. So when they are changing 24-7, they are coming, you are responsible for them. And where was Paul, a prisoner, going to get money from? And what was his crime? For preaching the gospel. And if these churches had written him off, like some do today, ah, finally, they caught him. 
He's a false prophet. Let him pay for it. He would have died in prison. But they didn't do that. They sent help, not only physical help, like take the money. Maybe they would have found some donkey express to send it to him by WhatsApp or uh, what, Momo or something. They sent somebody to go and wait on him as well. They said, I'm praying for you. So the first part I would like us to look at is what he said about the church. That church, that made him very happy. And that should be the mark of a church that is a church of God. That 10 years after this, when I hear about Calvary Baptist Church, when Reverend Arnold hears about Calvary Baptist Church, Reverend Sinclair hears about Calvary Baptist Church, Reverend Amable, all those who have been retired who are not among us, even the Lord himself, when he hears about Calvary Baptist Church, what would they say? What would make them happy? Because these were the eight characteristics of that church, which Paul prayed for and was in them. And then he said, fine, I see it in you. But apart from these characteristics, we show that they, are, they have matured in what they were hearing. He goes on to say a lot of things about joy. This book is called The Letter of Joy. And in the balance of the 20, 30 minutes I devote to that joy, we'll see a few things and we'll be gone and take the Lord's Supper. So briefly, the outlines are there. You can ask for it. You can copy. You can photo it and extract it from whatever you want to do. Marks of a mature church in Philippi. Ten years after, what was their church father telling them? They were people with a thankful heart. If they didn't feel thankful that he had toiled in their midst, they wouldn't have sent that money. But he was also thankful for them. Secondly, the mark of prayer, he was praying for them, praying with them. Because he knew it was just not a matter of just sending money. Oh, take it. He was praying for them. And they were as well praying for him and Epaphroditus. Thirdly, <laughs> when he prays about them, he's happy. He's excited to pray for this church. I feel the joy anytime I'm praying for you. What did they do to make him joyful? And what do you do to make your shepherd, your pastors, those who serve you, become joyful? Is it a joy or a pain in pastoring, in ministering, in your midst? Then there were fellowship, fellows in a ship, from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. Wherever they came from, there was one thing that united them. They were children of God. Hallelujah. This people, Philippi, was a Roman colony. So they were Kuabi. People who said, ask for me, I'm a Roman citizen. Ask for me, I'm that. But when you read the testimony about them, they were just brothers and sisters in Christ. Number five, he was confident, a mark of confidence in God's salvation. God has saved them. And I am sure that the one who has started this thing in you will bring it to completion. Hallelujah. They, he was sure that by his grace, they would do it because they were growing and growing and growing in the Lord. Yes, they may have backslided, go back and forth, but what is the trajectory? It's upward, upward, upward. We join a church, hopefully, for the church to help us grow 
and for individuals to build us up in the Lord. And then he can say, oh, because of these things that I see, I know. He who has begun a good work in you, even though you are, not, you, are not, you are not there yet, he will bring it to completion. Then you have partnership with me. 800 miles, 10 years. And you are spreading the gospel just like you heard. And the gospel is being spread. Oh, what about spreading the gospel? Mark of partnership with Botiano, with Teshi, with Nungwa, with the Ghana Baptist Convention, with Accra Baptist Association, with Baptist World Alliance, with Christians everywhere, we're sharing the good news of God. But the seventh mark, growing and discerning love. They have love. Love is kind, but love is also discerning. You can read your Bible and find all those things more. Then, mark of righteousness. Good dealing with God, good relationship with God, good relationship with your neighbors. So these were the marks of that church. I say this in context because when we are talking about joy, you may think it is the only thing that Paul was excited about. Because sometimes we see something from one and go, oh, what made the Philippians a great church? It was a church with great joy. No. Eight marks. Eight. Think about your life. Think about your church. Think about a healthy church. Think about you being a mature Christian. Are you just giving people high five, low five, this and that, doing one of these? There are many more things to do to make us mature believers. May the Lord cause us to bear fruit abundantly in his name. Amen. But when we call it joy, which is today's topic, the believer's source of joy, what really are we talking about? I want us to learn that joy is a gift for God's children and especially for those who trust and obey God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Joy is given by God. So by definition, what is joy? It is a feeling of great pleasure or happiness that comes from success, good fortune, or a sense of well-being, of gladness, something that gives joy. Oh, this is a joy to behold. I've seen you. You are doing well. I've seen this house. I've seen this car. Is that what it means? Well, how would you describe joy? It is an emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Keen pleasure, elation. She felt the joy of seeing her son succeed. She had the joy of having a child. Had the joy of getting a promotion. Had the joy of getting to know that yes, she had been admitted to the university. Now, look at this. What is the difference between joy and happiness? These are just from the dictionary. dictionary. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardship and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. A person pursues happiness. So get the difference. Joy is an inner feeling, how you feel about it. Somebody gives you a pen. Oh, you are so happy. Oh, thank you. Thank you for this pen. I love it. Are you being hypocritical? No, maybe you truly, you love it. But what is happiness? It's an outward expression. So somebody has passed his exam and he's so happy. And I have joy, joy, joy. So this man did something very nice. And he was so happy. He was so joyful. 
And the wife sent me to go and pray for him later on because the man is sick. So I went to the man and he shared this story before. And the man looked at me and said, Pastor, why is my wife worrying you? She shouldn't have done that. She knows. I was so happy that I did what I was not supposed to do. I took the drinks and I mixed them and I drank them. And when I drank them and I know the result, that is this, that is this gout and this waist pain because they've told me, when you do those things, you will get it. I said, oh, really? He said, yes. He said, I know. I've been told. So you see, the joy that he had in his heart for passing and getting the promotion was good. But the way he was expressing it with other colleagues, oh, I drank, bang, bang, yes, yes. Glass he drank, bang, bang, bang. He got it. There are people who express their happiness in drinking, smoking, womanizing, lecherous behavior. You are doing all those things and you say you are the child of God. Social drinking, social this and that. And you go and sleep and you can't sleep. Why? Because there's something in you that is telling you, I have promoted you. I have given you joy. I've put a thermostat in your life. Look at it. The small promotion I've given you. The small thing I've given you. Instead of clinging to me, look at what you've done. Hello. So you see, joy is not the same as happiness. Joy is inside. Yes, you can express happiness. Sometimes in a very profound way. I have joy. I don't have time to dance it. But it's not everybody who can dance that I have joy by the praise. But somebody will just be, because of their age, be tapping there to, I have joy, 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 oh, 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 joy. It's between him and their God. Hallelujah. So, let's go on. Now, Four things about the believer's joy. When we're young, they told us, when you say joy, what does it mean? Jesus first, others second, and you last. That theory has brought a lot of comfort to many and brought a lot of pain to others as well. Joy. But there are four things we learn about joy in the Bible. Number one, joy is divine. If it's joy from the inner person, as a Christian, it is divine. Then second, it does not depend on circumstances or happiness. Thirdly, joy springs, springs from faith. Faith. And last, joy is certain of future rewards of keeping the believer intact until the Lord comes. So let's take the first one. Joy is divine. Joy is possessed and given only by God. Behold, I bring you news of what? Great joy. I am bringing it to you. Joy to the world. I am bringing it. Before that, we're hopelessly hopeless. Where were we going? Only You die, you die. Where are you going? You can only guess. If you are rich, they bury you in a rich grave. If you are not rich, they throw you there. The crows and vultures come and decimate you. That's all. That's all. It's a joy in the spirit based on God's very own person that he gives to us. He tells us, John 15, 11, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, 
and that your joy may be full. Who is saying that? Jesus. It is my joy. It is the gift that I give to you. It should be part of you like your breath. It is you I give to you. If you don't have it or you don't ex- are not expressing it, ask him. I give it to you. Look at another verse. Acts 13, 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Oh, what had happened to them? A number of things that happened to them. Acts 13, the missionary chapter. They had sent people away. They came, Paul and Barnabas went, went, went and came back and were telling people how the Lord has saved people, deliverances, healing. And the church was so excited. Nobody told them to come to church. When you come to church, you are going, I'll give you $10,000, $5,000. But just hearing that, ah, God is great. Hallelujah. So joy comes as a gift from God. You have that joy if you believe in him. If you don't, activate it. If you haven't got it, ask him today. Second, the joy does not depend on circumstances or happiness. I think I've said that already. Happiness depends on what is happening. But joy is implanted in the believer. The believer's heart, it overrides all the matters of life and death. If I live, I live for the Lord. If I die, I'm for the Lord. Whether I live or I die, I don't care. Somebody can write this in prison. You think he's stupid? He's not. (laughs) You go and say it. If you don't believe it, you are only talking, talking, talking. But if he knows what he's talking about, then he knows it. Psalm 5, verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. And spread your protection over them. And those who love your name may exalt in you. He protects them. So they know. 2 Corinthians 7, 4. I am acting with great boldness towards you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort in all our affliction. I am overflowing with joy. Paul is telling about all the kinds of troubles that he has gone through. The beating, the kicking, the throwing up and down for doing God's work. He said, I am overflowing with joy. Ah, Crazy one. Is it crazy? Well, because it doesn't depend on the happenings. It is God who is saying, you are doing well, my son. Receive things from faith. That is the third source. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill your heart with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Yes. Faith is taking God at his word. Or take the second, the second one. Philippians 1, 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. He's in prison. He knows the worst that can happen to him is that, well, they'll kill him. But what is he saying? Oh, the joy springs from faith. I am convinced that I will live. Because what is his reason for living? For being alive. Not living. L-E-A-V-I-N-G. I didn't do my phonetics very well. So what is his what is his purpose for being alive? To spread the gospel. So why does he think God will keep him alive? So that he can spread the gospel. What would therefore be his joy in leaving this world? What will it be? I have no joy in leaving this world. Because, Father, 
Your purpose and my purpose are one, that all may be saved. So because I believe like this, I know you would cause me to be alive. Because the dead cannot praise you. Where I'm coming, you don't, you see, I have to be in this body. Hello. Let me tell you all some secret about praying for certain things. When you want to pray for something, I beg you, church, I beg you. The most powerful way you can pray for it is to connect it to God's purpose and God's will for your life. You didn't hear me. You would have said amen. But whether I say amen or not, it's up to you. Connect it to God's purpose for this, making this world and how you connect to it. Lord, keep me alive. Lord, heal me. Father, bless me with money. Give me this wife. Give me these children. Not so that I can also have, so others can know that, me too, I'm fertile. So that they can know that, me too, I have a child. So that I know that, I, me too, I have a degree. So I can, they can know that, me too, I have a car. Oh, really? He will bless you with small. And when that car is gone, when that job is gone, when that promotion is gone, what do you have? A word to the wise is in the east. Take it. So Paul said, I know, from faith. Then finally, the source of joy has future reward that keeps the believer faithful. Matthew 25, 21. Jesus' parable, if you were here yesterday, you would have heard it, but you know it. Matthew 24, 25, Jesus was being asked, when are you coming back again? To a very long story, which I keep saying, if I were an examiner, he would have failed because he didn't give a simple answer. But he said, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. Then 23, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, and I'll set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. So he has joy that he gives. He has joy that he's waiting for you. He has joy for you that you cannot experience here alone. Four sources, at least, if you are a Bible student. So what does he tell us to do? Hebrews 12, 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who? Shall I read this with me, please? Let's read this together. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who, for the joy of what was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated on the right hand of God, the throne of God. This will help you. Not to focus on bribery, corruption, not to focus on humanizing, boozing, all these other things. For the joy of hearing your master say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, what is it that makes believers happy? I'll run to 12 of them quickly. This is where my problem is. I may talk too much, but I try not to. The list is there. I can see you taking pictures and extracting. Let me again say that there's not one thing that you do. There, we've, we've gotten ourselves into a certain mode that when I do one or two things, then God is happy with me. It depends on a lot of circumstances what God wants you to do. God is bigger than anybody's list. 
But what is the source of the believer's joy? What do you do to make God happy? What is it that God is pleased with? He has revealed himself in the word. One, fellowship with the father and his son brings joy. Also, your, that's your daily devotion. Your time in church, your worship of God. It brings him joy. First John 1, 3 and 4. Secondly, victory over sin, death and hell brings joy. You know it already. Ah, victory over sin. The devil is tempting you to say, oh, Abonsan, you lie back. I had a brother who was sitting here yesterday. He said he went to a certain country. When he was leaving because he was a big man, they came and asked him, oh, how many women did you floor in this city? He said, me? None. He said, why? Because I'm married. Then the lady approached him and said, ah, why? They were not of your st status. If you like, why didn't you ask me? I would have come. Because I'm also a manager like you. He said, no, no, I made a covenant with my wife. Covenant with your wife. And you have traveled out and you left there. So I'm traveling. I'm going back next week. So even today, if you want it, we can have it. He said, thank you. I don't want it. Victory over sin. Sometimes it's so enticing. They make you look so foolish. Victory over death. Victory over hell. Brings joy. So once she left, he felt happy. Because that was a temptation. He bowed, she bowed her head in shame and went on to witness to her about God's purpose. Three, repentance that brings joy. Nobody, nobody is perfect. Nobody does it all the time right. But when you do, go wrong. So there's so much joy in heaven when one sinner repents. Hallelujah. When one believer repents, when somebody says, I'm sorry, when the prodigal son, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you, I am sorry. It brings joy. Shame to the devil and joy to your Lord. Is there anything to repent about? Number four, hope of glory brings joy. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes, I know where I'm going. I may not be able to pay my rent. I wish God to help me pay my rent, but I know I'll get a better house. I like that missionary story. When she was going home, retiring, nobody came to see her. She was decrepit and her bones were even breaking. And she saw this man, VVIP, they took him in the car. She said, look at this, my grandson. Look at how the way they are receiving him. Ah, it's hard though. Nobody even knows me. And she heard the voice. This is his home. Is that your home? And all of a sudden, she started smiling. Said, ah! They brought her, brought him a red carpet, and I'm envying him. When I will walk on streets of gold. Oh, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What changed? From Ina, from scripture, fed her. And that fiery arrow of the evil one landed somewhere else. Because she was going home very sure that she was going to enter into depression. Because she had been retired, she had been sick, she had lost everything. But that single episode of how the man was received with joy and happiness and the word that was told her, her heart, oh no, I'm foolish. Let me live the rest of my life to bring glory to God. So that's number five. The lost word, the revelations, commandments, and promises which he made to us Give that woman joy and can give you joy. That's why it is good to know 
what God has said. The Bible says God's word is like silver, seven times refined. David said, I cherish them more than my food. <laughs> he said so many things about the word of God. If you work with lawyers as learned as they are, you, you will learn something. You go and talk, talk, talk. They say, your authority, authority. Then they'll go and take some book, 1421, 11th January, this and that and that. Authority. They say, okay, you are right, you are right. What is your authority? Know the word, live the word. Number eight, the commandments of Christ will bring you joy. You see, God doesn't waste his time explaining anything to anybody. He said, do this because it's right. Don't do it. Finish. If you obey him, you'll be happy. If you don't, he will not be happy. So if you obey him, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy than to trust and obey. Seven, obeying and doing a good job stirs joy within the believer's heart. Again, I don't have to expand on that. Prayer brings joy. Yes, he had joy in praying for those believers because he knows no matter what is happening in Shashi, in Botiano, in all these missions, in China, in Gaza, in Israel, in Egypt. Once I am praying, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, your children are being massacred. They are being killed. Oh, God, when will you do something? Father, stop the devourer and his track in Ukraine, in Russia, this Putin that the devil is using, or this Zelensky that America is using. Whatever your opinion is about it, just go before the Lord and you will get some confirmation in your heart. Call to me, Jeremiah 33, 3, and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. So prayer brings joy. The presence and fellowship of believers brings joy. Oh, can you feel the energy here? <laughs> if I were to start it, you, you see how many are able to do it. I have joy like a river, peace like a fountain, whatever. But when you see other believers, that is why, friends, we must make church a place of dynamic fellowship. Internet. Uh, whatever church you call it. What, do, what church do you call it? Online church. Yes, it is, it is a necessity. It's a second or third or fourth choice. You know, the devil has helped us. We have learned that church cannot be closed. But we can go to church online. But it doesn't mean that we should remain there. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Do not neglect the assembling of the brethren. You heard a testimony today. Converts bring joy. God is excited when we make converts. Hearing that others walk in truth brings joy. When Paul heard that the church in Philippi were walking in the truth, he was so happy. Finally, the main reason or part of the great reason why he wrote this letter was to thank them. Because they gave. They gave willingly. The church in Philippi, the church in Corinth, all of them gave. And it brought joy to him. By the way, thank you all who redeemed your tithe. Not many of you did, but those who did it, I'm sure you have joy unspeakable that I cannot tell you. I've got one or two or three testimonies. Also, you can arrange for people to come and tell them. The relief that they felt when that burden was lifted. And I can tell you, the joy you will feel from the Lord when you do the right thing. So what's the conclusion? Well, what is the spiritual meaning of joy? 
have a quotation here from Rick Warren. Can we read it together? Joy is a choice. By Rick Warren, he gave this definition. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Hallelujah. Joy is a choice. He has given it to you. You can choose to use it. Or you can choose to be miserable. You can choose to express it. It is yours. Receive it. Activate it. And use it. You've seen the source is divine. You've seen what makes God happy. Follow it. I love God. Because the exam questions are here. The marking scheme is here. If you choose to pass, it is your choice. If you fail to choose, I can only tell you as a pastor. But I recommend to you choosing to make God happy. Because he will bring you joy everlasting. Amen. Just bow down your head in a minute. What have you heard today that the Lord has said to you?